0: Alright, so how did you think our chat went <laughs> how did this go for you
1: <laughs> don't you wish i could give you one answer instead of two for like every question you ask me but well. i can guarantee you by the time anyone sees this my hair will be a different color
0: welcome to the front porch with brian Bowtree. hey judy welcome to the front porch
1: Hi, thanks for having me, Brian. Uh,
0: You are Point of Reynolds Solutions Engineer Manager, um, and this is our official introduction. Uh, But let's start with the basics: Who are you? Even though I just said it, where are you from? And we'll we'll hold off on the third question.
1: Oh, a lot of questions all at once. Okay, so I am the Solutions Engineer Manager, like you just said, and I am a member of the sales team at Point of Reynolds. So. I have been in software sales for a while, I actually started as a solution engineer at a different company and then moved over here and joined the team as a solutions engineer before I joined and became the manager of that team. Um, before I did software sales, I I've lived in Texas my whole life. I love living here and don't ever really want to
0: leave. Okay. So... Well, let's let's ask my my official third question before I get into other questions. So I talked to Evan earlier this year. He mentioned that y'all are into escape rooms, uh, and now that he's not here, do you actually like escape rooms? Because or or is he just dragging you to these?
1: I suspect I like escape rooms more than he does. Okay, so
0: you're the one dragging him to all the escape
1: Probably rooms. Probably
0: so. Okay. Um. What's what's your? We won't get into your top five escape rooms, but do you have a top one?
1: Um. I had to think about it a little bit, but I think my favorite escape room is called Cutthroat Cavern. It's at a place called 13th Gate. It's in Baton Rouge.
0: Okay, that was definitely on his list. I don't remember what number it was, but we'll have to check the, the, list. Check the recording.
1: It was just so cool. I have not had a moment in an escape room before where something happened, and everyone in our group just stood there and stared at it because it was so cool. Like, this thing happened, and we were like, I don't want to leave here. It was just so neat and we probably spent at least 30 seconds just staring at this thing before we kept playing the game.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't want to leave here. Not a great attitude for an escape room.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> probably not, um, but it was very cool, and it, it was probably one of the most well done that I've been to.
0: Okay. Now, you mentioned earlier that you've you've always been part of sales and you're a solutions engineer. What? How does solutions engineering fit into the sales like team?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, our job is really to get an understanding of what customers are looking to accomplish and then think about how our software could potentially meet those needs for our customers. And so a lot of what we do in the sales cycle is talk with customers, get an understanding of what it is that they're wanting to do, what it is that they're potentially having problems accomplishing today, what they would like to do better, and then thinking from a technical aspect, do we have the tools and resources to help them accomplish the goals they're looking to and then presenting that to them in the way that is going to best do that for them.
0: Okay, so you guys work with account managers as well mm-hmm. or account executives. Both. <laughs> and basically what's your role as far as like working, pairing with them when, when you're talking to someone who's interested in point of rental? Yeah.
1: Um, We really get involved pretty early in the process with our customers. So um, you typically talk with the SDR or someone just to tell us, hey, we're interested in point of rental. Can you tell us more? And then generally our second call is getting to know a lot about them. And we're usually a part of that conversation. The account executive or the account manager will largely drive that. But if we have questions or we need clarifications or we just want to learn more about a specific topic, we'll be engaged in that conversation And then we partner with either the account executive or the account manager after that call to prepare what our software demonstration is going to look like. And then in our next call, which is usually the demonstration, we are going, we'll have them do a quick introduction, and then we'll go in and demonstrate the software, answer questions. A lot of times we have a pretty big role in that demonstration call as compared to other parts of the process, Um, and we partner with that AE or the AM to answer questions, to talk about the value of the software and to kind of show things in the best way and the possibilities and just make sure that customers have the information that they need to make an informed decision.
0: Okay. So that's a little more than than I've always thought over in marketing, which is like <laughs> SEs, look, they're just basically the people that know the actual software, like much more in and out. And, and the AEs kind of do a lot more of the relationship management type stuff.
1: Yeah. That, I mean, and at a basic level, that is very true. But we try to partner a lot more because the more that we work together as a team, it's just everyone feels a little bit better about it at the end.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let's get into your job history now. Uh, (laughs) Let's start at the very, very beginning, even Mm -hmm. before real job history. When you were a kid and you could first start remembering, like, everyone asks, what do you want to be when you grow up? What was the first thing you wanted to be? A teacher. Okay. Yeah. That's that's sort of related to what you do. Um, At what point did you decide, hey, I don't actually want to be a teacher?
1: Very, very far down the process. Um, I went to college planning at the end of college to become a chemistry teacher. So I got a chemistry degree. I did all of my my teaching courses. I was halfway through my student teaching before I realized that I don't actually like teaching very much.
0: Was (laughs) it related to a specific incident in student teaching?
1: Not particularly. It was a lot of things. There's just a lot, I think, that people don't realize teachers have to do behind the scenes. It's not just I'm talking to students and I enjoy sharing knowledge with them, but there's a lot of stuff like lesson planning and talking to parents and talking to administrators and a lot of other stuff that happens that I don't think people are aware of, and I, it was not something I was particularly well-suited for.
0: Okay. Yeah. As, as a sports fan, I feel like maybe it's it's related in that it's not just like the game time that's your job. It's the entire week. And there's a lot of stuff you're doing over the entire week to get right. ready.
1: And for. if you want a personal life, it's very hard because yeah. you spend a lot of your own time doing things like grading papers or planning for the next day or getting things ready. And you know, at that point in time in my life, I want, I didn't necessarily want to spend all of my personal time doing those things.
0: Okay. So you decide, Hey, teaching, not for me. Right. Where do you go from there?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and does it involve chemistry?
1: It does not involve chemistry. Okay. <laughs> so in college, I also took a lot of computer-related classes because I loved working with computers and math and all of those things. So I had a backup plan of working in the software industry. And so my first job out of college was really in the software industry doing quality assurance, customer support, implementation, I know my LinkedIn profile says that those were all separate jobs, but I worked at a very small company, and everyone really did everything. So you did whatever job needed to be done. And at some point, um, we started kind of specializing in our roles within the company, and I became a software developer. More on the front side, like web development side of things. And then eventually, I made the swap from software development into software sales as a sales engineer.
0: Okay. Was there a reason for that, or...? You just decided you like sales and there's a little more, maybe there's more teaching opportunities there?
1: (laughs) Not exactly. You kind of make of it what you will, but I had something happen in my personal life and full disclosure, I wrecked a motorcycle. I had a pretty big head injury and a lot of other things that went on. And when I went back to the job, I just did not like sitting behind a desk for eight hours coding and not talking to people. And so,
0: so yeah. getting an accident made you actually like want to talk to people more? Yeah, isn't that weird? Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, so basically I wanted to talk a little bit more and get behind get out from behind the computer. So I still had a pretty good knowledge of our software. I'm a little less knowledge of how everyone used it in the day to day. I gained that over time. Yeah. And then I got to talk with customers a lot more. So I became kind of like I am now, but at a different company, where I got to talk to customers, understand their needs, talk about our software and that type of thing. So it was kind of a transition from being behind the keyboard all day long to being on the phone with people a lot more.
0: Okay, so what I'm hearing is uh, if you want to become more outgoing, just no. go back on <clears throat> like, I nope, definitely bad, bad do, not,
1: do not recommend <laughs> wrecking a motorcycle. It terrified everyone around me. This okay. is the first time my husband had ever called my mom, and the first thing that he says, first off, everyone's okay and so now my mom just dreads phone calls from my husband
0: i was gonna say at least at least that's a good first off i guess I instead of, could be worse there's been an accident that I, I like the okay part first yeah okay so <laughs> what what are do you have some other career highlights as far as what you've done since since your first job but before you got to point in frontal all
1: right i would say as Far as this, I'd go back to my first job. My first job was really fun, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so while it wasn't a teacher and it wasn't my first job in software, my first job was at a hardware store. Okay. And that hardware store had rental. Um, oh,
0: so you've been here for a, a long time in the industry.
1: Sort of. You, I was that high way, school student back. doing things that related to, to rental. So I got to be this the person who went in and um, all these napkins just came in. Can you please count them? Or... Um, this came back and it's really dirty. Can you go out back with the pressure washer and hose it off? That was most of my experience was the person who, when things came in, I got to be the person to clean them. Or occasionally, if they needed a delivery, I also had a truck. So sometimes I got to be the fun person. You know, this like 16-year-old high school girl shows up with your delivery on the back of her pickup truck. That was me occasionally. So it was a pretty fun job. I mean, it, I really enjoyed working there. Yeah. Um then I grew up, went to college, moved away, so had to find something else to do. But I thought that was a pretty fun job and actually fairly relevant sometimes when I have conversations with people, I can think about how I remember things working there. Um it's been a while, but yeah. still remember and have memories about it. So
0: there's there's a lot of stuff that's still pretty similar, I think, uh, about yeah. that. Um I, I didn't I don't want to circle around back to a, an earlier thing, how you mentioned that you had the backup plan of like getting into software when you were when you were pursuing this teaching degree? Did you always have a backup plan, or was it a thing where you like kind of gradually added the backup plan as you kind of started realizing teaching wasn't working out?
1: Um, no, I just took classes all the way through college for it. Okay,
0: it was just something you were interested in yeah, anyway. it
1: was fun. You have to take classes not related to your major, so I may as well take something I'm interested in, so that's what I did.
0: That's true. I don't recommend taking a bunch of classes of things that you're not interested in. That's not a good way to... Maintain your momentum towards a degree. All right. So, how did you end up here at Point of Rental?
1: I think if you guys have listened to Ross's podcast, I'm going to take a page from his book and blame it on my husband, who is Evan, who also works at Point of Rental. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, I feel like you know some people.
1: I do. I actually know quite a few people at Point of Rental, and some of them I met several years ago. So, as I mentioned before, I worked in I worked as a solution engineer at a different company. And at, that, at some point in time there, they sent me to a training in California. And I met two members of the sales team at Point of Rental at that training. Wow. Um, and they still both work here. So when I was going through the interview process, they they apparently got asked <laughs> about how, how I did at this training. So um, I still work with them now. And it was just really funny to me that I met them at something completely unrelated to
0: Point of Rental. I'm going to demand the names, by the way.
1: Um, John Hoffer mm. and Mark Jordan. Okay. Thank you, guys. All right. <laughs> Um, but I also knew Ross. Ross and I have known each other since we were kids, so we we grew up pretty close to each other. I was the maid of uh, honor at his siblings' wedding, so okay. known them for quite a while. Yeah,
0: I heard that he he and uh, Evan race. Were you part of these races? I once went upon a time?
1: one time. Um, car racing is not for me. <laughs> okay, I tried it. This is my general philosophy in life: is to try everything once, maybe twice. Yeah, but so I did it. I tried it, and then I determined that that was not a thing that I was okay. particularly fun for me. Um, but then I also knew other people. So I'd worked with um, Paul Finola. He's on in the implementation team. I'd worked with him at a previous job before.
0: Yeah,
1: um, Robert Flock. We I worked there. Worked with him as well. So there have been other people at Pointer Rental I knew too, and everyone was really happy working here. And so I thought it was a pretty good. When I was looking for a change in my career, why not look at a place where I already know a lot of people? And you know, I've been to a holiday party here before, so I know I get along with pretty much everybody. Um, yeah. I'd even met Lauren before one time. We were I was flying back from Vancouver, and she was a few seats behind us on the plane. So, randomly, I ran into somebody else. So it was pretty interesting just how many people I'd met before I came here, and everyone always made me feel welcome and comfortable. And I just knew, like culturally, this was, was going to be a really good place for me.
0: Yeah. Wow. You you definitely have uh, a bigger circle than I do. I've, I've never run into any pointers on <laughs> on any flights, except for when we're like Going specifically the taking place. the same flight because of point of rental. Uh, okay. So what do you do now that you're a solutions engineer manager? We talked about what solutions engineers do. What does a solutions engineer manager do?
1: I manage the solutions engineers. Right. All right.
0: How... how <laughs> What, what is involved in managing solutions engineers?
1: Yeah, so we have eight solutions engineers globally. So we have two located in the UK, one in South Africa, one in Australia, one in Canada, and three in North America, although none of them in Dallas other than me. So a lot of it is coordinating and just finding time to meet with everybody, um, training them on some product, but it's a lot of best practice in solutions engineering giving feedback on demos that they've done or answering questions or giving advice on how they approach certain situations and just building in general camaraderie between our team members so that they feel comfortable that they have somebody to reach out to when they have questions, because even though they're all very smart people, occasionally questions come up that we just don't know the answer to. So just knowing that they feel comfortable asking each other for that type of support is really important. And then on top of that, I work with the other members of the sales team. So, the teams that manage the account managers or the account executives, it's pretty important that we're all working well together. Yeah. So just making sure that that process is being done and that we're working as well as we can to support our teams and that we have good relationships between those different groups within sales.
0: Are there any like additional challenges? I, I mean, obviously you've been in solutions engineering, but like you mentioned you have people all across the world and literally no one else is here in, in the office with you. Um, What are, what are some of the additional challenges that brings to you?
1: Scheduling meetings is really fun. (laughs) Um, I actually don't have a time that I can schedule a meeting that every single member of the team can be there. Um, It's going to be 2am for someone. So trying, we try to schedule meetings where most of the team can be there, but then we also schedule meetings. So like the UK team can meet with our guy in Australia the U.S. team can meet with the guy in Australia. The U.S. team can meet with the guys in, in uh, Europe. So we're really just trying to make sure that everyone has open lines of communication. I think that's probably, honestly, a big part of it is just making sure that there's time for everybody and everyone feels heard and listened to. Yeah. And then on top of that, I think another added challenge, we sell multiple solutions within the company. So we have three main RMSs that we sell, yeah. and I know two of those three very well. So sometimes I have to step back and think of it or go ask the right people about the third one because that's not necessarily my area of expertise and I just have to rely on my team that they will be able to cover those pieces.
0: For sure. Okay. What's the most challenging part about your current role? Is that it?
1: Um, Sometimes. That is a big part of it, honestly. There are days where I have a call at 7 a.m. and then I have a call at 7 p.m., but I definitely want to be there and be supportive of the team that I'm working on. I would say that's probably one of my biggest challenges is just making sure that everyone feels like they have enough time. I don't want anyone to ever feel like I don't care about them because I do a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely (laughs) challenging. Like I have weird hours and it's, we have a a member of our team who's in Australia and it's like, technically my day ends before you really even get up. But yes, I will stick around for a couple hours just so right. we can communicate. And okay, what's what's your favorite part about your current role? Then
1: I really like when I see the progress that my team members are making. Um, whenever they get a shout out or a kudos, I'm really proud of them for it. Like it's insanely rewarding for me when my team is recognized for the work that they're doing. I think that's the thing that makes me most happy is when they get recognized for something. And I know that's really cheesy, but. I really like that. I like when they get appreciation and called out on good work that they've done.
0: Yeah, because I know like in sales, at least on the like account manager side, it's like, all right, you have like the sales are kind of assigned to you and you have like the whole leaderboard and thing. But for, for the SE side of things, it's just like you guys are kind of helping across everything. And yeah. there's not necessarily a, you brought in X number of dollars.
1: Yeah, because we team, we we focus as a team like, if one of us succeeds, we all kind of succeed. That's kind of the mentality I try to have on that. And yeah, it's not really the same as saying, Hey, you didn't hit your numbers this month. It's as a group, we want to do what's best for the company.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I like that vibe uh, a lot more (laughs) than the super competitive.
1: uh, Oh, don't get me wrong. Some of us are competitive (laughs) still, but not the same way. I think that.
0: Okay. Before we get into your non-professional life, we got to play a game. Uh, we're going into repeats with our, our titles already, since you have the the same last name as Evan. So we're going to play a game of Fort or Fort No. Okay. If you agree with the statement or it's true, say Fort. And if you disagree with it, say Fort No. Okay. Have I explained the rules clearly enough?
1: Yes, and thankfully I read them ahead of time, too. So. All right, All right good. Uh,
0: Fort or Fort No, you like singing in the shower. Oh, I'm Taking notes, by the way. Fort. Fort. Okay. What What kind of songs are you singing in the shower?
1: Whatever I feel like singing at that moment in time. Pretty much everything.
0: Okay. Fort or fort no? You've cheated at a board game.
1: I feel like this is a trick question. As an adult, knowingly, the answer is fort no.
0: That's, that's how cheating works is knowingly. Like if yeah. you're accidentally doing it, it's not cheating.
1: I imagine that as a child, I probably did on purpose because- but as an adult, I just don't see the point.
0: Okay. So it's a magic switch. Like once you turned 18, you're like, you know what? My days of cheating at board games, they're over.
1: Maybe 18 the wrong <laughs> number. Maybe it was teenager. But you know what I mean? Like kids are like bending yeah. the rules to make it better for them. I don't, don't, I don't feel, I don't just don't feel like that's necessary. Okay. Plain to have fun. Oh, I, I thought loose. you were going to say,
0: I just crush everyone anyway. I don't need to cheat. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Fort or Fort No. You've told an outrageous lie to a child. Fort. Okay, good. I was going to say, Evan was uh, very adamant that it's important to lie to children. <laughs> so I'm glad that you guys agree on this. Uh, what is, what's the best lie you've told to a child?
1: I honestly couldn't even tell you right now.
0: Oh, you don't? I mean,
1: my favorite uh, thing to do right now is I have a niece who refuses to eat vegetables. Mm -hmm. And my favorite thing to do is sneak vegetables into everything that she likes to eat, but she's kind of caught on to it. Mm. So now I save the packages from processed foods and I'll make my own spaghetti sauce and put it into the jar. And as long as she sees us pouring the spaghetti sauce out of the jar with the brand name on it, she'll eat it. Or like I make her homemade chicken nuggets and I put them into the bag from the store bought chicken nuggets (laughs) and she eats it. But if I make it and just give it to her, she won't eat it. Mm. That sounds like a lot of work for you. But it's really fun. I'm not yeah. going to lie, tricking a child to eat vegetables. I don't know why this is so fun for me, but it is. All right,
0: good. Uh fort or fort no? You prefer working from home to working at the office.
1: Probably fort no.
0: Okay. I have to ask why on all of these. So,
1: most of the time that I'm working from home, it's because something's wrong with my house <laughs> and I have to be there and I don't want to be.
0: Okay, so there's a bad association. <laughs> Yeah. All right. We're, we're going to get into your house later, so I'm, I'm not going to follow up too much on that. Perfect. Uh, Fort or Fort No, you have an embarrassing nickname or a nickname that you hate. Fort. Okay. Are you going to reveal that? No. Uh, please? <laughs> if I say please, you're legally obligated.
1: I don't think that I am. Oh. I will tell you something about the nickname, though. Okay. Before I came to work here, Evan told somebody on his team that I have a nickname that I hate and that they should call me this nickname.
0: That's kind of how. Every a lot time of I away.
1: see them to this day, they call me this nickname.
0: Okay. And so I, I can do some <laughs> I can do some sleuthing to figure it out.
1: You could, but I'd prefer not everyone know but what it is because like... it makes me very angry.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's let's go to a little break. I'm going to have some some water here and we'll come back with more questions. Okay. At first, I was excited that people really started noticing me. Looking good, Scotty. Hey, Scott, where'd you get that shirt? That shirt? Jeez! Hey, you are working out? But now it's hard to not feel like a piece of meat sometimes. Yeah, no. so I'm just working on this, like, profiles things for Salesforce, and, like, I just don't know. This, but... Dude, come on, my eyes are up here! The shirt is really nice, though. I just wish people would stop obsessing over it. Hey, hey, come on, man, not you, too! Alright, oh, this...
1: Interviews over.
0: Get All right, Judy. Once upon a time, I participated in a Tic Tac taste test. I should not have written that. That you. <laughs> that you seem to be in charge of. Uh, now that I think about it. It was kind of weird. So now that I have you here where you can't escape in front of a microphone, why did you do this?
1: It started as most things in my life seem to have during the the times where we were stuck at home and I was bored. And <laughs> so while you're bored
0: at home, you're thinking, hmm. How can, can I torture I my
1: friends and family with something I randomly leave on their des- their doorstep? That's how it started. Okay. Um so the first one we did was actually Pop Tarts. And I just went and got a ton of flavors of every Pop Tart. And I got a package from every box and then dropped them on my friends' porches and my family's porches, and they gave their feedback on it. Um, that was a sugar high. Everyone was very sick to their stomach after that one. I was going to say,
0: it seems like a, a weird, like, Secret Santa type thing, but not.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but
0: that you demand, like, instant feedback on.
1: I mean, yes. <laughs> The Tic Tac one in particular was really funny because people had really strong reactions to a few of the flavors. I'm, if you tried them and you actually tried all of them, I'm sure there are at least two flavors that you were like, what yeah, did so I just put in my mouth?
0: I, I did try all of them. Uh, I'm okay with it because I like licorice, so I'm fine with those ones.
1: Yeah, most people spit that one out. I really liked the other one people didn't like. There was this intense fresh mint, which basically tastes like menthol. Well, I like menthol, so I was fine with it. But a lot of people were like, oh, their comments were like, oh, I found the fresh, the intense fresh mint
0: just now. I I think that was me, like in all caps, because it was one of those things where I like intense mint as well, but I had thought that a previous one was intense mint. I was like, no, 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 no. This one is the intense one.
1: Yep. I just that one was pretty fun. I really liked like getting all the Tacs and w- some of them were just insane because we had some imported from Israel and some from <laughs> the ones from Mexico got stuck at customs. We never got them, so watermelon got left out because we just couldn't get them. Okay. But other places in the world they just have flavors we don't have and it was kind of fun to get them and try them and share them with everyone.
0: Yeah, that is again, I'm, I'm noticing a theme of like you being willing to go to like the most absurd amount of extra work <laughs> just yeah. to make something I guess the first case, it was more more palatable to someone else, but this one was just a, a bit more interesting to to someone else, which I appreciate. <laughs> um, how often are you conducting these taste tests among people you know?
1: It varies. More at the beginning, a little less so now. Yeah. Um, so the TikToks so far was the only one this year. Okay. And then well, I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Uh, where are your findings published? If they haven't been, what's stopping you?
1: Um, after we get the results in, I create a Google Slides and then I export it to PDF and I share it with the people who participated. Mm. But I haven't really published them.
0: And so you keep it private. I was I was thinking this could be a thing that, you know, you, you create like a little blog, you have the the slides available. And just you, you pretend like it's like the super big deal and you put And it that on. more
1: than twenty people participated <laughs> in it. Yeah.
0: And then like, you know, there's there's all these things online where it's like the top burger in each state or whatever, and all they did was look at Yelp reviews. It's like you actually did some research, sort of.
1: Well, I don't think it's going to shock you, but the top Tic Tac flavor was orange. Mm. The bottom was fennel, <laughs> which okay, I don't. I doubt anyone is shocked by. I would. I, the most funny su- result we ever got was with. We did a Diet Dr Pepper taste test, and I went around and found. Different brands like um, Diet Doctor B or Diet Doctor Thunder or the things that were available at the different places, but I ran out of Diet Doctor Pepper flavors I could find, so I put Coke Zero in the box, and Coke Zero won the Diet Doctor Pepper taste test, which was interesting.
0: And the winning is that it tastes most like Doctor Pepper, or it got the the highest rating of people
1: liked it the best, and. I found that pretty interesting. They may have just been tired of tasting Diet Dr. Pepper at that point. And that's fair. But Pib Zero is in there. <laughs> it did not rate well either. Sorry.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, Pib, it's, it's not even a doctor. So like, I know. He's a mister. Yeah. Okay. Do you have another one of these planned?
1: I do. If you give me a second, I brought you one. It's oh. your
0: fault. Okay. Well, then I guess this. Uh, answers my, my next question which was am I off of the list of per- potential participants for asking too many questions. Oh no,
1: you're on this one.
0: All right, what is this? Ooh, we get to do a little unboxing video. All right, I'm opening this thing. Oh there's there's uh <laughs> there's a pointing at a th- oh no it's just a piece of tape. All right. Ooh ooh looks like I'm gonna be trying some some candy canes. There are even more in this box. Uh I will try those later and hopefully we'll get to publish these results. I
1: will share the results with you. You can decide what you want to do with them. How about that?
0: All right. Now let's just have this weird box in the middle. No, I I like the box. It looks cool. It'll be there. All right. (laughs) Now that we've had enough good times, tell me about (laughs) your awful house.
1: (laughs) As with a lot of people, we decided to move in 2020. We Mm -hmm. were both working from home, and we could not have a single phone call where – I, we couldn't hear each other. So we were just too close together. When I worked from home, it was fine. When he worked from home, it was fine. But when we worked at home together, it was entirely too small. Yeah. So we're like, let's move. And we find a house. We make an offer. It gets accepted. We move to this new house. And it should be great. Um,
0: yeah, I was going to say usually how, how it works.
1: And it was not ever great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably within the first few months, our neighbor, our neighbor comes over and they're like, our yard smells like chlorine. Because they had installed a drain. But the end of the drain was in our neighbor's yard, or <laughs> for some that's, reason. That's kind of fun, actually.
0: <laughs> or the You're first. Like, oh, that sounds like a you problem.
1: Well, the first rainstorm we have, um, the yard was sloped down into the fr- the front of the house, and water came up through the foundation into the front room of the house and flooded it. Not a good feature. Um, the plumbing was awful. It backed up all the time. We've had to replace multiple parts of that. The roof, part of the roof, We were same rainstorm, we were in the garage and we see this water bubble forming in the ceiling because um, they had set something on the roof that was just sitting on the shingles and water was backing up under the shingles and forming bubbles in the ceiling in our garage, which was super fun. All that to say is every, everything that we do, we start a project, we're like, this is going to be super easy, we're going to get this done in a few weeks. Right now, we're, all we wanted to do was pull up our floors, level the floors, put the floors back down. And it has been six months um, because we found out they removed a load-bearing wall. And not only did they remove the load-bearing wall, they moved the water heater into the attic on top of where they removed the load-bearing wall. So that's what we're fixing right now. So we're learning a lot.
0: Fun. How do you feel about the people that own the house before you? <laughs> I don't feel like Wait, I should answer this question. I was, was going to say, I'm not sure we'll be able to, to publish that. I will anywhere. tell you,
1: I'm done forwarding their mail. Fair. <laughs> done.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, you also told me that you build furniture and Mm -hmm. is this a way to cover up your awful house or were you doing this before?
1: I've been building furniture for a long time. So my dad makes bowls and furniture and all sorts of other things. And I just picked up on it from him. So we had a, at one of our old houses, we were like, oh, we want a dining room, but our tables is, our room is this really weird length and -hmm. all the tables either were way too big or way too small. So that's the first real piece of furniture i built on my own i would say evan helped some but we built our dining room table and then after we built the dining room table we went and bought the chairs
0: okay so <laughs> tables
1: are easy to build chairs are not easy to build
0: yeah and Listen. then you have to do it a bunch of times to yeah. like have multiple ones and then you have to get it perfect every single time or you could, i guess you could go with the vibe of you know hey we're doing a little bohemian thing we Don't want to have That's what I would do
1: nowadays, probably. (laughs) But back then, I was like, we're just going to go buy some chairs and stain them to match this table that we just made. And we had the table up until we moved to the house we're in now. So we had it for like 15 years. It was really fun Mm -hmm. um, to talk about that and just have it around. But even now, like in Evan's office here, there's a table that I built, or there's other things. um, Nice.
0: So you still do it? I was going to ask you to tell me more about this table, but I mean, it seems like it didn't even get to make the trip with you. Maybe that's why your new house is not <laughs> is not working. It's because it doesn't have the cool table? table.
1: Yeah. I will tell you, it was the first thing I did by myself, and we may have been a little bit like, oh man, we really don't want things to go wrong. It had a lot of glue and a lot of screws in it. If you were to look at the bottom side of the table, you would have definitely known this was not something you bought at a store. <laughs>
0: You're like this is this is my signature style, I believe. Yeah.
1: Well, the people who bought our old house, they're like, "Oh my god, this table fits perfect in the space that it's in," and they asked if they could buy it in the chairs, and we're like, "Sure, cool."
0: So, All right, well, yeah. I'm I'm glad that worked out. Me too. Okay, you are also traveling a lot. You <laughs> said you and Evan are going on 20 trips to celebrate 20 years uh, together, and you've done 16 of them. <laughs> By the way, uh, spoiler alert: this is not actually like being recorded at the end of December, which, in which case, you would be in a lot of trouble. But we're at the end of November. Um, where where are you going?
1: Yeah, so we have four places left. I would say that due to our house issues, our budget for travel is pretty low this year. So set your expectations low.
0: Yet your your goal of getting out of the house. <laughs> it, that's that's why the twenty, right?
1: Yeah, basically. So. We are going to visit Evan's family for Christmas. They live outside of Houston, okay. and when we're there, we're going to go down to downtown one day. And kind of, Houston is one of our destinations that we're going to. That
0: that counts for me. I've lived in Dallas Fort Worth for seven, eight, nine years, and I still haven't been to Houston. So, okay. <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll tell you where else we've been that counted on the list too. <laughs> But as a part of that, we're going to go to Galveston. And then on the way back, there's a small town kind of between Houston and Dallas called Navasota. They have a wolf sanctuary and a honeybee farm, and you can sleep at it, you can glamp basically at their honeybee farm. So we're going to okay. do that on the way back. And then our fourth city is Denison, which is kind of by the Texas Oklahoma border. Okay. But I will tell you, we counted. Dallas and Fort Worth and Denton and Frisco mm. as cities that we visited this year. Is
0: it a thing where like you visited it and you at least like stayed a night at, at the place or is it? We,
1: we didn't stay nights there, but what we did is like in Dallas, we started the day off. We went to Deep Ellum and we did a walking food tour. We went to the Museum of Illusions. Okay.
0: So you did a little touristy stuff. Yeah. And okay.
1: then we went across town and we got to ride one of those e-bikes where we, did a tour and we stopped at the different murals and we got photos and all this other fun stuff. And then I've lived in Dallas a long time. Mm-hmm. I had never been up the reunion tower until this year. Yeah. That was part of what we did that day. So just doing things we hadn't done before. Um, the only thing that we did all year long that I did not would not do again is in Fort Worth. We went on a ghost tour mm-hmm. and normally I find those somewhat at least entertaining or amusing or I learned something,
0: and, it was and no ghosts, or um, or were there ghosts?
1: I'm not exactly <laughs> sure how to answer that question. I would offer that any time the EMF reader went off, even mm-hmm. if we were walking by a store that had a theft detection device, or my phone had just ring rung, so you know that's why it went off. Yes. He would stop and start in the middle of a crowded street. He would step into the street and start talking to ghosts. It was 106 degrees outside, and and Evan and I were like, "This is not fun anymore. <laughs> it's hot."
0: Yeah, it's at one hundred six degrees, it doesn't sound fun. But if you want to, just like you know, it's kind of like people watching with that person. I don't, I don't know if it's a.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. Right. We've done ghost tours before that were really fun. This one was not.
0: Okay, so don't do that. <laughs> uh, what is something people misunderstand about you?
1: Sometimes I can be really quiet. Um, it's not necessarily because I don't care. It's because I have to process something before I'm willing to give my opinion on it. Unless I've been thinking about it ahead of time or like this interview, I was able to think about, we talked about it, like what to expect. If I don't have time to prepare, I sometimes just don't necessarily have an opinion to offer or even an opinion maybe that I feel is valid to offer. So I think sometimes think people think that I don't care or I'm not paying attention. That's not it at all. It's just I have to think about things before I'm willing to tell you what I think about them. <laughs> like it takes me a few moments to process those things before I'm willing to offer my thoughts or opinions on it. Basically. That's fair.
0: Yeah. I, I think I operate pretty similarly. That's kind of why I always have the questions for <laughs> other people. Cause it's like, I would not be down for a interview where it's like, Hey, I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions for an hour <laughs> while you're on camera. And, and you just be like, yeah, off the top of your <laughs> dome, just Hey, I need perfect answers. I need you to remember everything that you want to say. Uh, okay. Do you have any questions for me? You get exactly one.
1: What's the funniest prank that you were a part of at Point of Rental?
0: Oh, gosh. The thing is, I'm not generally actually in on most of the pranks because I some of the pranks are further than I would really, I feel comfortable going. And I'm one of those people that it's like, Okay, it's a little too far. I'm gonna let this person know about. <laughs> I'm gonna let this person know, like, hey, by the way, like, you're okay. So probably the, like the one that I was most actually involved in was the one where we convinced Thomas that he burned down some <laughs> some buildings because I was the one who, um, using like the inspect tool on the page, I edited the the Fort Worth Star Telegram article to make it read how however it read. <laughs> And that's why it's like you have to look at my <laughs> monitor and see it's pulled up. I can't like send you the link or anything, right? Um, so yeah, there was that one, and then yeah, luckily, I I kind of let I kind of let it go after that point, and then it kind of snowballed beyond a place I would have been cool with. So I'm glad he stopped. But, <laughs> yeah, I, at least we at least we stopped it. I I was I am kind of uh, uh, I love chaos, so I am the one who brought up, hey it is April Fool's Day and we did just have this thing happen. So I I kind of set it up and then I I, I like to set things up and then just wash my hands and and, and leave. Let someone else carry on with the fun. (laughs) Exactly. And then, you know, sometimes I I maybe give the idea to someone who shouldn't have the idea. So (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now, before we go into the five important questions, I need you to give me a top five list in a segment we'll call Give Me Five. Uh, it seems like not everyone knows the rules of a good top five list but we're going to start at number five we're going to count up to number one because if you tell people you're number one first no one cares um, about number five so you've told me that you have a top five list of your top five go-to karaoke songs because i've seen you very good karaoke singer definitely got pipes do you need do you have your top 5 list off the top of your head or do you need me to hand it to you because I do have it here?
1: I remember the top 4.
0: <laughs> okay, let me give you what you said your top 5 was. You can change it if you want.
1: I won't change it, I promise. Now. Oh, I remember it now. I just right. didn't remember the fifth one. Sorry. We're,
0: we're going to do this where you say the title and then we're going to pause and I'm going to ask you, you know, why that song or whatever. Okay. okay. So, your number 5 go-to karaoke song is
1: the Only Exception by Paramore.
0: Okay, why do you go with that song?
1: Someone asked me to one time. I was at karaoke, and they were like, hey, you should sing this song, and I had heard it a few times, so okay, I learned it. At,
0: at least you had heard it, I was like. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I went home, and I just listened to it on the thing over and over again, and then I learned it. And then since then, I sang it one time at this other place, and like, whenever he's like, okay, no one's signing up for stuff, can you go sing this song, and I'm like, that's the song I get asked to sing by people. So I just it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun that other people enjoy it too. Okay.
0: So number five is one that like other people suggest to you. Yeah. All right. Your number four go-to karaoke song.
1: Holdin' You. It's by Gretchen Wilson.
0: Okay. I've heard that name before.
1: Yes. She sings a lot of songs that are a lot more outgoing and rowdy. Like she did Redneck Woman. Okay. So I think that's where I heard. That's from. probably her most popular song. Yep. Um, I like this one because it's a lot softer and it's kind of sweet. Like, okay. I just, I, I just kind of sentimental and cute and I like it.
0: All right. Number three. What's your number three go-to karaoke song?
1: Crazy by Patsy Cline.
0: Okay. I think I heard that one. I think you sang it at one of our parties. Yes. Okay. Why Why crazy?
1: Um, this is the one on the list that I kind of have a love-hate relationship with. <laughs> um, okay. My friend and I were sh- signed up to this talent show and like two days before the talent show, she got bronchitis and she couldn't talk anymore. Um, so she's like, I can't talk and I can't sing. So you're going to have to do this without me. But the song we'd put in was a duet. So I called the director of the thing that we're supposed to be on. And he's like, well, we have to find a different song. We don't have enough people if you don't participate. So you have to be on. You have to be there. Yeah. So we must go through like 30 minutes of me naming songs and artists of, that I know. And he'd be like, I don't have that. I don't have that. So I, na- I, I do... Um, walking After Midnight by Patsy Klein. He's like, I don't have that, but I have Crazy. And I'm like, I've never sang that in front of people. I've heard it. Everyone's probably heard the song. Yeah. But I've never sang it before. I don't really remember it. And we're in a situation where we're in the middle of the water. So I don't have internet. I can't look it up or download and listen to it. So yeah. he hands me sheet music. And I get up on stage at the rehearsal, and the sheet music doesn't line up with the music that they are playing. and. Fine. I sang this song in front of 1,200 people. and It was really nerve-wracking. Then I came home and got better at singing it, and it's actually really fun to sing now. But at the time, okay. like, has some interesting memories tied to it. Okay.
0: So you hated it first, but now, now, it's, now fun. it's okay. Yeah. All right, good. I was going to say, you seemed pretty comfortable with it when, when I heard it. Right, you you're... don't like being bad at things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your number two favorite go-to karaoke song is?
1: The Nearness of You by Nora Jones. Okay, why not? It's just really pretty and sweet and sentimental. And the first time I ever sang it, I sang it for my husband. So just really liked it.
0: Okay, so your even ranked ones are the the pretty sentimental songs. Got it. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, all right, your number one go to karaoke song is
1: "Black Horse and a Cherry Tree" by Katy Tunstall.
0: Wow, you did get all of these correct off of off of your list. So <laughs> except
1: good. the one I the first one, right?
0: <laughs> good job. Um, why Why "Black Horse and a Cherry Tree"?
1: It's really fun to sing even like a lot of people seem to know it. And so they'll sing the woohoo parts at the beginning with you and and they'll sing the no, no. There's a lot of no's in this song where you just say no, no, no for a long time. But people in the audience sing along with it. It's it's easy for me to sing and it's still fun to sing anyway.
0: Okay. And you're sure that they're singing along and not telling you like no.
1: I'm I'm really hoping they're singing along and not telling me no based on the
0: other songs I've heard I'm sure that they are singing along
1: I'd just
0: just like to introduce that doubt into your head
1: thank you next time I sing it I'm going to be watching their faces like hmm
0: All right. Uh, again now we'll get into the five important questions okay five Five important questions five important questions five important questions We're back for the five important questions. Almost okay. done here. So congratulations on getting this far. Yay. Uh, number one, what would you say is your greatest success in life? we like to start off with a nice little easy soft yeah, one.
1: The simplest one ever. Yep. I'm actually really proud of I guess this is not just a me thing, but it's a me and my husband thing. I'm really proud that we made it to 20 years. Like, had a lot of stuff happen, just like every couple does. And I feel like we got married in college, and a lot of people who get married in college, they grow apart and they don't stay together. I feel like we were really good at having communication and being honest with each other and growing together as opposed to growing apart over the years. And we have a lot of common interests, and we still have a lot of respect and love for each other, which I think is really important. And I really hope that Everyone gets that from us when they talk to us and that we're not just like those bickery people. Yeah, we fight and we have those things. They happen, but we kind of try to keep them between ourselves and kind of handle those in a pretty respectful way. But I'm really happy we got to 20 years and I feel like that's a big accomplishment.
0: Yeah, well, congratulations on 20 years. I I guess I should like, you know, be supportive and like congratulatory on th- on things. I'm I'm very bad at that. And but yeah, good job. You guys do always seem like yeah. You guys are pretty on the same page, at least at least you're at work. Anyway, I, I can't speak to all times. Uh, number two, what is your greatest fear?
1: I've been debating if I even want to tell you this.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to do anything.
1: <laughs> you will not do anything.
0: Yes, Truth. I will not.
1: <laughs> um, I am terrified of moths.
0: That's a weird one. I haven't heard.
1: It is. When I was in high school, one flew into my ear.
0: That would be. Yeah, and terrifying.
1: my mom sent me to school with a moth in my ear. That's. So I don't great. like them. When th- things fly by my ear, it's great. It's not.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, definitely things in the ear, not wonderful for yeah. yeah any reason. And for
1: anyone out there listening, I do not want immersion therapy on this. <laughs>
0: All right. I don't think Lauren actually watches these, but in case she does. Uh, yeah, don't do that, Lauren. Um, if you could tell first day at work, Judy, one piece of advice. one first day at work at Point of Frontal, Judy, one piece of advice. What would you tell her?
1: Just relax. Like, I very, was so were, nervous my first day here. <laughs> I don't even know why. I knew so many people coming here, but for some reason I was just like super nervous about starting a new job. And I just yeah. think I would tell myself to relax. It's going to be
0: awesome it can be sort of like more nerve-wracking if you know the people and it's like i know these people and i like these people i just made this choice to come here i hope that i didn't make a horrible mistake and i hope that they don't hate me now
1: yeah it's like i don't want to do a bad job but then i i just have to remind myself like it's not in my nature to do a bad job like even if i think i'm gonna mess something up it's okay i can go ask for help and like i just need to calm down and be okay with that
0: all right speaking of messing things up, uh, what is your most embarrassing moment as a pointer?
1: I have two. Okay, well, you're allowed to have two. They both happened at the holiday parties, different years. Okay. So the first year-
0: exciting to know the holiday party coming up.
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know, it's next, it's in a week, I'm aware. Um, So the first year that I was here, I really, I, I really- like getting recognized for good work that I do. But also sometimes when you're recon- when I'm recognized for things, I'm just really embarrassed by it. So the first year that I was here, the first holiday party, I got an a- one of those awards. And, you know, we do funny awards. Yeah. But I brought it with me.
0: Okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. Can you point it at that camera? Because I don't know where anything is. It All is right. the most good.
1: likely to win an award award.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, clearly you were the most likely to. It was,
1: <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. I'm not going to lie, um, and of course, everyone at my table just looked at me and started laughing. <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, cool, that was fun." Um, so, thank you. I do appreciate it. It's funny. It's actually a really funny award, and yeah. I like it. it. But also, it was kind of embarrassing in the moment. The other one, which honestly is arguably even more embarrassing, last year at the holiday party, we had that game. Yes. Would I lie to you? Yes. And one of the other people up on stage had something about her being like a rodeo horse rider or something like that. Yep. At some point during the game, I asked her to get up and pretend she was riding a horse on stage in front of all of her coworkers. <laughs> and I don't know who was more embarrassed, her for me asking her, she didn't do it, yeah. or me for having asked this thing. I cannot believe I asked that in front of a room full of people of another person. It's so it, yeah. There's no good reason for that to have come out, and it was just. Sometimes
0: you get into the game show, and it's like this would be funny, but it's like, wait a minute. Also, is this the best audience? No, (laughs) probably Probably
1: not not so much. So, um, can't wait, can't wait for next week for what embarrassing thing comes out. All right,
0: good. I'm I'm excited to see what embarrasses you this year. We'll see. Uh, Okay, well, sorry you've been sentenced to death. Uh, Asking your coworker to uh, ride a pretend horse on stage is now uh, punishable by death. And cool. uh, you get to choose your last meal. So, what are you choosing,
1: and why? Steak, Brussels sprouts, macaroni, and cheese. Because I like them. That's the only <laughs> good reason pretty, I have for you.
0: Pretty good reason. All right. Uh, do you, no other do you want a beverage or a dessert with this, or or no?
1: Um, probably not dessert, but yeah, some wine, please.
0: Okay. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I alcohol feel like you before that. you're about to die. It's like you know, yeah. I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> i something to take the edge off
1: <laughs> something yes
0: yeah uh if you could change one thing about yourself what would it be okay don't act like this second. wasn't in here it was in there and
1: i know it was in there okay um see i have two answers you can choose this one you want
0: you're allowed to have two answers we can i we have can, two okay. i have
1: two um I I want to change my hair color because I always want to change my hair color.
0: <laughs> I was so. going to say you can't choose your hair color.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in two weeks, my hair will be a different color. So that's 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 just the thing I do all the time. I like changing my hair color. It's not really that important, though. I think the other thing is just how I react to criticism. Depending on who I'm getting criticism t- from or even the validity of it, I, I can don't always react in the best way. And I can just – it happens, you know? But like, can, can relate if it's from a person that I respect and it's very valid, I have no idea why that
0: hits me so hard. Oh, I, I mean, I it's one of the things that I've talked about with some of the other, some other pointers where it's like, there are things that it's like, I know I suck at and it's like, I already feel bad about it. I don't, I really don't need to hear it from other people.
1: It's, I know. I've been working <laughs> on these things for a while. It doesn't. It's like, I'm trying guys. You can tell, I wish, I wish it would come along with. Not just telling me I did this thing wrong, but how can I, how can I potentially change this thing? Because like, yeah, I don't clearly I don't know how, or I would have done it already.
0: Yeah, and I think that's probably like probably the best way to react is like, hey, that that is something that I've identified about myself that like, hey, I, are you able to help me? <laughs> Do you have any like resources? I notice that you don't seem to have this this challenge that I have. Uh, help me out. Yeah. Okay, if you could change one thing at Point of Rental what would it be? This is a snap change instead of a like we're going to gradually work at this and eventually get better at the thing.
1: Ryan, I am not help doing you any favors today. I would change the temperature in my office. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, I like I like it when there's a nice little simple one. That's that's a good one. What would you change it to? Are you do you prefer cold rooms or warm rooms?
1: It varies depending on the year. In the middle of summer, my office is freezing and I have to wear a jacket. In the middle of winter, my office is burning up and I want to wear a tank top. So (laughs) I would like anywhere between those things would be great with me.
0: Okay. So like (laughs) what normal people consider room temperature rather than like my room's temperature is a really large range. Yes. (laughs) Okay. What is your spirit spice?
1: I took a BuzzFeed quiz on this before we came into the room today, and okay. apparently, my spirit spice is paprika.
0: Okay, why? Why are you paprika?
1: Because it's bold and complex, Ooh. according to BuzzFeed.
0: Okay, well, at least you are citing sources on this <laughs> instead of just making it up. A very reliable source. All right, yes. tell me a secret about Pointer Rental. It doesn't have to be a secret to like all pointers, but it could be like a secret to like the industry or anyone generally watching.
1: Generally watching. Well, I feel like we should talk about Irby.
0: Okay. Tell me about Irby.
1: Do you remember him? We I, haven't seen him in a while. Yeah.
0: I, haven't, I, th- I think he's lost or, and or dead. I feel for him.
1: <laughs> we have an office gnome. His name is Irby and he's really cute. He hides out in various different locations. Occasionally he gets spotted and when he does, we take selfies with him. We post them in one of our water cooler channels or we have a little channel for him. And then he goes off and hides somewhere else until someone finds him again. But we haven't seen him in a while; he's been missing. So if you guys see Irby, um, we are looking for him. Um, but we we all miss him, and we're really concerned about his safety and well being.
0: That's that's very true. Um, I'll I'll try to get a p- picture, like uh, you know, an archival picture that we can put on during the.
1: Yeah, and we do have an interview with him. If you if we wanted to, um, oh, if anyone's curious to learn more about him, I'm um, not.
0: I'm not going to find that. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: that, you know what that was actually mm-hmm. if we go back to the embarrassing questions something happened with that too so when we recorded that video mm-hmm. i had in- installed on my browser this speech emulator that would change my voice so that i would sound more like a gnome right yes and i forgot to uninstall it so i did a call with one of our like con- with dave detter and, and, <laughs> with the, and for, i didn't for know for those
0: unfamiliar who dave is he's like a leadership growth uh coach <laughs> Yeah.
1: That, we that we work with. So I have this interview with him with this speech emulator on, and I completely forgot I had that interview with him. And the first time I meet him in person, he's like, you sound really different in person. Oh, so than that he- was your
0: first time talking to him? That's that's great.
1: <laughs> it was great. I was like, I didn't think I had any calls during that time period where I forgot to install it.
0: Well, at least it was with him and hopefully not on I don't think calls. it was any sales calls. Okay. So. What's something that's related to our software or not um, that you could teach a three to five minute class about on video?
1: You know, I was thinking about this. I think I would love to teach anything. Give me enough time to research it. It would be really fun to learn a new topic that I don't know anything about because I find sometimes the way I learn things is by showing other people how to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be, Hey, I'm, Let's say some things that I do definitely know about right now. If somebody wanted to know about some furniture building technique, or building an escape room prop, or crochet, or how to make vegetables in your chicken nuggets and get your niece to eat them, I could probably do a class about that.
0: Okay, I'm interested in this in that in that last one. So we'll have to talk about <laughs> content generation. Thank you, Judy, for chatting today.
1: Thanks, Brian. It's nice to be here.
0: Good. Thanks also to Andrew Sherrington for editing this thing. By the time it gets to the audience. Uh, Thank you for making the graphics. And also thank you, Daria. If if you're the one making the graphics, I honestly just send it to Andrew and I don't know where it gets done. Um, and to everyone that made it to this point with us, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we'll keep the words light for you.